Hi, this is David Motters. And I'm Aaron Harris of Star Wars Reaction Podcast. And you're listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Great pull, kid. Carabast. Carabast. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I like that better. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. But uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? You found something. You found the Rebel Base Card Podcast. What a piece of junk. I'm your host, Greg McLaughlin. He's as clumsy as he is stupid. Join me as we discuss Star Wars trading cards and card collecting. We need a statement, not a manifesto. We'll talk about sets from the original vintage. No, no, the one I'm pointing to. All the way to current releases. This? Yes. All right, let's get started. Commence primary ignition. Welcome back, or if this is your first episode, welcome aboard. My name is Greg McLaughlin, and this is the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Good show for you as my guests are Aaron Harris and David Motters of the Reactions Podcast. This was actually recorded as an after show after appearing on the Reactions Podcast earlier this year. And, you know, it in trying to find a place for this, you know, it the summer uh, seemed to be a pretty good time as there was a lot of content recorded over and, you know, it's something I'll probably get into in, in a bit of the show notes is like, you know, now we're sort of in this stage where, you know, podcasts live between Disney plus series as it, as it were. And, you know, it's an amazing how things like, well, let's say celebration or, you know, these shows really kind of dominate. And if you listen to, you know, more than one podcast, or if you listen to star Wars podcast, you know, it is kind of interesting now to see the effect that this has had on all those, but you know, it, it's kind of an evolving thing, as it were, right? My show is is no different. You know, when I started off doing this podcast, it, you know, it the cards were in a little different place than we were today. So, and I think with them, they kind of started off uh, doing Rebels reactions, and then when that show kind of wrapped up, they kind of went into Resistance reactions, and then after that, they just kind of became reactions, where they kind of, you know, evolved their show, and one thing they kind of found is that it was really cool doing stuff like that with each other, and, you know, it's this great relationship that has, uh, you know, gone over time, and, you know, as I kind of look at my own show and how in doing the, you know, the the questions or the breakfast shows with uh, Gregory Cass from Ion Cannon, you know, that has kind of evolved a little bit, and, but it's been fun because, you know, we kind of look forward to getting together and talk about shows, and it kind of makes a nice thing as well as, you know, with the tops cards, as I'm kind of looking at, at some of these I'll get into in the homestead keeping, you know, collecting has kind of evolved. My collecting has evolved. And so this is a great discussion talking about them, uh, about their show. And uh, there was some nice content because, you know, David Motters is a, is a psychologist. And so he does his own psychology corner. And sometimes he'll do these profiles of different characters in the show, but we had a chance to talk a little bit about, you know, collecting and things like that. And, you know, it almost kind of begged itself to, you know, have like our own separate show on it. Um, But I don't necessarily want to get ahead of myself here. But uh, this was a fun discussion. It was fun to revisit it. And I I got a lot of it. And I think, like I said, I think you'll really enjoy it. But if I don't get on this homestead keeping, Uncle Owen is going to get on my tail. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Now, come on, get to it. This is Ian Taylor. And I'm Noren Rudd of the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. And you're listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Great pool, kid. All right, for Homestead Keeping, we seem to be on the cusp of the release of the 2022 Topps Chrome Star Wars The Mandalorian Beskar Edition. So this is more of a chrome-type product that will kind of mix the Mandalorian Season 1 and 2 cards plus issue about 25 new base ones, so basically a um, 125-card base set. Um, just like the last couple of releases with Sapphire and with Finest, we've got yet another Chrome, and that means also a lot of parallels. Um, we'll probably be getting those, getting into those in the coming weeks as we come out. Uh, this is slated still to come out on August 31st, um, that's what I'm seeing on Cardboard Connection, as well as some of the other sites like Blowout. Uh, there are, like I said, some nice colored refractor parallels in this. And if I just kind of look, uh, you, know, you have your base refractor, then you have blues, 
purples, greens, oranges, blacks, reds, and the one-of-one one coveted superfractor. And as I kind of scroll through this, uh, some nice, it's a great looking design, and I'm really kind of excited to see some of these also, you know, I'd love to see. Now at this point, let's see, if I look at the the pre-order price is still running around 150 This is not terrible. So this is basically an 18-pack box, four card per pack. So you're not going to get a complete set with a box. The Best Card Edition features one autograph or sketch card per box. And this is from the top sell sheet along with new inserts and autographs to collect. I see uh, in the examples or in the preview images, there was a Koska Reeves auto that looked really, really, really nice. There's also some die cuts in here for collectors to chase. So hopefully this does drop on the 31st. It will be kind of interesting to see. And that kind of leads into uh, the next section because as we've kind of talked about, you know, with Finest and Sapphire, they were very expensive. Um, I, I do like the fact that these boxes right now, you know, if I look ahead to the Book of Boba Fett, the hobby boxes are still around, you know, 120, 130. So for larger sets, that's not like, you know, Sapphire was not released that long. Finest was typically a higher end set. And so I really would like to see some prices kind of come down if someone was interested in getting hobby boxes. Um, I would really love to see, you know, some retail editions. Um, I might see that with the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, that seems to be a type of release that kind of, you know, lends itself to having a retail uh, component to it. But, you know, when I was looking back over the last, you know, a lot of times when these products, you know, and like I said, they're, they're throughout the whole year, and you don't necessarily have to collect everything, and I don't, but, you know, sometimes you just kind of want to play along. It's almost like doing that NCAA bracket, right? You know, I'm not that interested in college basketball, but I kind of want to play along and, you know, find a cheap pool. But in this case, I started a collection of these Alistair Petrie, or Petri as General Draven autos, and I got a nice score of a number of them for well under, you know, I don't know if I'd say well under market. I don't think I paid more than 15 for any of these, but I was able to so far get the regular finest refractor auto. I have a purple. I have a 63 out of 299. I have an aqua 143 out of 199, and I have a 78 out of 99. And I, like I said, I didn't pay more than 15 for any of these, and some were, uh, I think, even under 10. I do have a blue that's out of 150 that I was able to score for about $13. Uh, that is along with this Caroline Blackiston as Mon Mothma signature, also got for under 10. And I did get a couple of autos already for Oliver F. Davies. He was uh, CEO Bibble in The Phantom Menace. I think I got the blue uh, out of 150 for like five bucks. Uh, and that was like free shipping. I think I also have a green one of his also under, yeah, that's also in route. It was also fairly cheap. So it is kind of a nice way, although, you know, someone might say, hey, you know, these autographs are maybe not worth that much. But I think it makes it fun because in this case, uh, especially with the Alistair ones, kind of chasing the rainbow and seeing just how far you can get up this rainbow. As a matter of fact, I did, I just recently scored a orange parallel and this was out of 50 and if you can believe it let me see if I can go quickly to my purchases here I did get a Richard Blake as Valen Hess that was that imperial officer that uh, the Bill Burr character you know took out in the Mandalorian and uh, literally got that for eight dollars free shipping that was an orange parallel card out of 25 for eight bucks and so you know what uh, is the investment there I you know who knows but in this case, it was just kind of fun to collect maybe a little differently. And uh, like I said, we the whole theme of this is about you know evolving your collecting a little bit and not necessarily feeling like you either have to invest the kids' college fund or just sit on the sidelines. But in this case, you know what? Instead of like scrolling down and going, well, these, these autos aren't really worth anything, you could kind of go, you know what? Uh, a nice rainbow is kind of fun. And uh, to see if you can chase it and also keep under budget. Because at the end of the day, I think all these Alistair... Uh, Petrie General Draven cards, uh, well under 50 bucks. 
And I'm like, that is really amazing when you kind of think about it. And I'll have to kind of price this out at the end about how much. And, and of course, I could have just saved that and put that into a living set card or just hold off and maybe kind of save up for that hobby box. But uh, in this case, it is kind of fun to play along. Some of these autos, especially the uh, Caroline Blackiston, who played Mon Mothma in Return of the Jedi, I was very surprised that uh, the auto that I got was as inexpensive as it was, um, especially considering she's you know, kind of getting up there a little bit, and some of those Return of the Jedi autos may not be as plentiful as they used to be for obvious reasons. At any rate, so that was just kind of that. I'm still chasing some of the Sapphire cards to build part of the puzzle and, you know, identifying those. So it, I recently got another one in as I've been kind of expanding slowly that puzzle. And that's another one where some of these cards are a little pricey, but uh, I've been able to keep them more or less under... You know, in some cases, get them as low as about like $8. Uh, I, th you know, because the Luke number one is like insanely expensive. And of course, what really makes these expensive are the colored parallel ones. Those are really pricey, but it's been a fun chase. And once again, it's just trying to find, find a way to kind of enjoy the release without feeling like you have to buy everything, but also feeling that you're kind of in on it and, you know, you're not missing out. Maybe there's a little FOMO in that, but it is kind of fun to try to collect a little differently. We'll see what happens, how I kind of feel when the Best Car Edition comes out. You know, I'm not necessarily a huge chrome nut, but uh, we'll have to kind of look and maybe see what we want to do as far as that's concerned. I would almost have to say because a lot of these cards are repeats of some of the other Mandalorian sets I already have, I'm not quite sure if I'm that interested in collecting them again. And I think that kind of goes back to when the Force Awakens Chrome Edition came out. I really wasn't that interested because I've already had those cards. You know, the Book of Boba Fett cards, those kind of interest me a little bit. I may try to chase a full base set of it. But once the cases go out and some of the whales go through this, and maybe this is my suggestion to you is, you know, then you can kind of go back and kind of go through the secondary market and just kind of see what kind of, you know, trips your trigger. Will there be more autos? Will there be some more bargain autos you can go after? and maybe kind of collect a rainbow of those. That might be something to see and see which characters. Uh, that would be kind of interesting, so I have to keep on top of that. Anyway, so those are the two releases. Um, let's hope that this release happens on time uh, as we kind of get back into normal, and we'll be looking forward to the Andor online sets when they come out. Uh, once again, I have nothing in writing, but I can only assume that Tops will do just like for the other shows we'll do an online weekly release. And, and when that comes out, I do kind of like those. It's a nice, it makes it a smaller set. It's a little bit of cost, but it is kind of broken up over the weeks. And of course, there's always the living set. Uh, Carlos Caballero and Chris Penix have just ki been killing it. And I think they're in the 330s, almost 340. It's crazy. But uh, that's been going on since the, I think the summer of 2019. Still good stuff. You can always see those releases on Tuesday afternoons at tops.com. And, um, Anyway, see what uh, what what is in store and maybe things you can add to your collection as well. All right, that's it for Homestead Keeping. At this point, we still have some interview. We still have some summer content that is coming out in the in, in the weeks ahead as the summer kind of comes to a close. I still have some of my audio from ScarifCon as well as some of the other ones um, as I've been kind of building my 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 summer vacation show. And then I do have a couple of interviews that are scheduled out uh, that I'm kind of excited to get into that we'll be recording in the next couple of three weeks. And so real excited to bring that content to you. It's really fun. So I hope you enjoy tonight's show with Aaron and David from Reactions. And I'll see you on the other side. Hi, this is Dan Z from Coffee with Kenobi. And you are listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Great pull, kid. We're in attack position now, sir. Hold here. We're not going to attack. I have my orders from the Emperor himself. He has something special planned for them. We only need to keep him from escaping. I, I would love to actually, in my intro, I may have to steal. I forgot that Dan had done those Tops Star Wars card trader commercials for Tops. And <laughs> I was there like, oh my God, I need to, I need to, yep. to, to save that and run it because that is, you know, it's a Tops commercial. <laughs> yep, he but. did. He sure did. That was, that was way back in the day. Oh my God. So. Oh my gosh, I forgot about this. <laughs> I have not listened to to an episode of Rebels Reactions and <laughs> I can't tell you how long. That was 
oh, those were great days. Well, tying back to yours Rebels Remembered episode a couple of, you know, a couple of ones ago. And it was kind of fun because now you could go back and listen to it as it happens. Yeah. And you guys are talking about, you know, like, you know, Zeb meeting two of his kind and, you know, all that. And you're just like, I remember that because uh, Rebels was really my in. Right. So, yeah, because back then when I was doing Rebels reactions, I was the host and I had different guests each week. And hmm. David was coming in and out as he could uh, as a guest. It wasn't until there uh, even there when when we did the finale you still weren't an official co-host you just popped in and out as you could um and it was when we relaunched afterwards uh after the show ended and we relaunched rebels reactions with um the review of um the book um oh uh, uh new dawn, dawn new dawn uh when we launched the launched the, uh, the review with the new of a new dawn that you became the official co-host and then that just poured into resistance reactions which morphed into star wars reactions yeah yeah do you do you feel that you either go when you were reviewing something do you are you concerned at all is like do i go am i going to sound too light or too heavy you know how does like doing it publicly on a podcast seem to affect like how you look at a piece or can you really separate it going, you know what? I don't care if it's good or not. This is just what I think. We, we did really face this with rebels, but we did with, with resistance because there, I mean, there were just a couple episodes of, of resistance that just, they were just like pulling teeth to get through. Uh, to be honest. And, and when those episodes came up, David and I sat down and talked and we're like, you know, how do we want to do this? Cause this was just painful. Uh, so we decided at that point, you know, to highlight what was good, uh, about it. And so, yes, we didn't like this episode, but this is what we liked Mm -hmm. (laughs) about it that made it made us survive through it. Um, and, and that's how we've just tried to, to be, we, we've not tried to be down on things. We've always just tried to find the best in everything that we've reviewed, whether we've liked it or not liked it. And it's just kind of how we've carried it. Yeah, I agree. I remember, I remember Greg and it's interesting. Aaron brings it up. I remember some nights where we would watch, you know, again, two seasons. We we covered two seasons of Resistance Reactions for uh, the Coffee with Kenobi Network. And I, I, I was teasing Dan a, a year or two, I don't know, ago, and I said, man, you owe us for covering that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. You know, and we, you know, I came up with a creature corner, so I always kind of threw that in. You know, and like Aaron and I, I, I tried to bring in some psychological aspects, but I remember some nights we sat down, Aaron and I, um, he'd get a hold of me on Skype, and I swear, Greg, we were both like, do we have to record? You know, it's just, <laughs> you know, there's not much there. And like he said, with with Rebels, it wasn't, gosh, it wasn't difficult at all, like you were alluding to earlier. It's so, the episodes are so good. But um, I I do trend more towards positive as well. You, you Greg, mentioned it, like, if there's plenty of people out there bagging on stuff and being negative. And I just, you know, um, I do see the criticisms of some podcasts and they're called shills and you'll see it, you know, they're, they're, they, they're called Disney shills or Lucasfilm shills or whatever. And, and I feel like Aaron and I have just covered it. We trend towards positive, but I'll tell you, Aaron, when he doesn't like something, he, he said it when I don't mm-hmm. like something, you know, I've said it. But we do, I right, Aaron. We we trend to be more positive. I just there's so much negativity. I just and like you said, Greg, I just can't sit there and do that. And I, I, what does that fill in my life? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I trend more towards positive. I as a psychologist, I hear negativity all day. It's interesting that you have been bringing up your day job in this because I would you know it's a lot of times when you you know, talk to folks, whether they are, you know, they, they, they work at a hospital or not, or they're, they're doctor, whatnot. They're like, 
boy, I don't really want to tell people what I do or how I do it because that kind of opens up. Um, how have you felt about bringing your um, vocation into the fandom and especially into the podcast? Well, Aaron and I talked about it quite a bit. Um, you know, for the longest time, I just really didn't bring it up because, I, again, I, I wanted that separation. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to talk to Aaron. I wanted to escape. You know, again, in my office, people, you know, again, across the country, they're in Illinois where you are all the way to here, east, west, north, south. Alcohol, marijuana, pornography, gambling, food, sports, shopping, prescription medication, cigarettes. Uh, I've said that for 30 straight years in my office. People escape in those ways. I've wanted to escape with Star Wars, and so talking to Aaron, being on a podcast has done that. And then I, I brought it up to Aaron, and I said to him, hey, buddy, you know, I'm kind of feeling a pull to maybe to do a psychology corner, bring it a little bit more into the podcast, you know, just kind of bring it together because I, and I, and Aaron knows this, that I don't, and I don't know, Greg, do you know Dr. Andrea Letamendi, her work on the Arkham sessions, Hmm. that podcast, the the Arkham sessions, she is a clinical psychologist, a PhD at UCLA and um, her and her husband um, are out there in LA and she's, you know, does a great podcast and she was covering all of the Batman, 1992 Batman animated series from a psychological perspective. And I really loved how she did that. But even so I kind of thought, well, that's kind of her thing. I'm going to keep it separate. But over time I thought, you know, there's so many psychological issues. I talked to Dan about it, mythological issues. And then I've slowly pulled it in and I've, I've really enjoyed doing it. Um, uh, I thought that I might get inundated with questions and people wanting free therapy and things like that, but um, it hasn't happened. I don't know about you, Greg, but you know, I there's not people just don't send emails in really. The, people don't seem to text a whole lot. I think they listen, right? But mm-hmm. you get a lot of text calls, emails, or or not. It is interesting that you know you you do get questions. You get questions on cards and whatnot, and you, you you try to help what you can, or you say that, you know, sometimes I feel like, sometimes I feel, I wonder if my personal bias towards a particular way of collecting or a particular card or things like that, or, or a release, you know, I hate, I hate to dissuade somebody from getting something because they're thinking about it or because I don't necessarily think it might be the best way to collect and then, but you have to kind of go, you know, I, I think if I, I think like you, I think if people listen long enough, you'll get an idea of probably where I'm coming from. So if I say something to you, mm. then if you're paying attention, you know, right, if you're not looking for that instant gratification, then you'll kind of get an idea of, of where I'm coming from. I'm, I'm assuming that those who maybe found me out as, you know, like, hey, I'm investing, but you don't really talk a lot about investing, so I'm not really going to stick around. OK, that's that's fair because, you know. But uh, I, I would say the same, yeah. you know, you, you kind of wonder at some point, you know, first off you go, well, is this material even, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a space fantasy, it's TV. Is it really worth even analyzing or going through? But then you, you start to go after a while, especially with the, with the volume out there of going, there's some, re- there's some issues here that's being um, talked about, you know, and even if we dip out of Star Wars and you talk about the Moon Knight coming up about, you know, a, a person that has mental health issues and you go, hey, I think this is the time to really talk about it. Or let's go back to Bad Batch with, you know, you have a, a, a small girl with, you know, being mm-hmm. right, you know, all this stuff that there are, I think, some real issues that you could probably tune into without maybe feeling like, you know, like, hey, I'm not, you know, trying to step out of my realm or trying to give someone some bad advice. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I go back to, um, what you said there, there's, there's, there's so much depression and anxiety out there. And one of the things my professors always talked about when I was getting my degrees was to make people good psychologists. And I mentioned that in the podcast and I guess, you know, I kind of wanted to circle back to what you said is how's it gone? I, I feel fairly well. I, I've been very happy with it, and I've gotten good feedback. Uh, there's one guy, Brian Fennessy. He's on there. I think he's about our age. Uh, Aaron's younger than you and I, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but we love him still. Um, 
<laughs> I hope so. Doggone it. But We're 81 um, episodes in. He better, he better <laughs> But uh, he had said, hey, Dave, I, you know, we, I, we need a psychological profile of the Ronin, you know, and, and, and that was a perfect time to do it. And like I mentioned in that recording, I got a hold of Emma, the uh, Candon, the author, uh, DM'd with her. She was so helpful in giving me some insights. And she's psychologically minded, has her master's degree in psychology as well as being an author. And, um, and, and just really enjoyed doing that. Now, I, I do think part of it, though, is the preparation, you know, like when I've heard your, your podcast, Greg, you know, you, you're, you're on it, man. And, you know, and I, I, I have told Aaron, like, I really want to do a good psychology corner. I don't want to do it, you know? And mm. so I, I won't if I don't have them, but sometimes I've, I found, I'm like, I don't want to do it. I just want to talk star Wars with Aaron and with you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so, but overall I, to answer it, it's, it's gone better than I thought it would go. Huh, that's and he, and he brought up the Ronin profile, I, and I, I didn't even think about that when you were talking earlier about dislike, uh, how he handles those types of things. Uh, the the Ronin thing, he the Ronin profile, David carried because I couldn't even get into, the, I couldn't even finish the book. I I, I was so disinterested. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still have not finished the book. Uh, it, it was just not my cup of tea. But David, David, it, David loved it. He was into it. He 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 carried that profile because it was something that uh, that he was into. Um, and again, it, it was just something that I just you know, I was along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. And and when he said that before we recorded, Greg Aaron said, "Look." You, just carry it. I, you do it. And I'm like, no, I'm ready, buddy. I got it. You know, and that's, that's that teamwork kind of thing. And, um, it works pretty good. Yeah. Ah, and, and that's what I love about both of you, because I think you bring, you know, you bring a lot to the party and, you know, it's, it's amazing also, as I keep looking, I looked back at the, the library and I'm like, my God, they've been, you know, Aaron's been doing this for a long time. And, you know, we've, we've gone through, you know, Aaron, you've gone through a lot in, you know, since what, 2015, 2016, and, you know, to be able to come back week after week. And like I said, when it goes back to like, you know, coffee with Kenobi, but just as much you guys, as far as like, we're going to keep doing this and we're going to figure out a way to make it work. Um, and really still feel like there's that energy every time you, you start in one and, you know, you're like, Hey, we're just going to talk about this and enjoy it. And it's amazing how you're able to keep it fresh and keep it fun for yourselves to do. This is not your, you know, it's not your job at all. Yeah. And and we've had times where we'll have a subject and we'll get on the mic and we'll dial each other up and I'll, I'll be like, you know what? I'm not feeling it tonight, dude. Let's just, and that's where our, the, the random chatter episodes come from. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm just not feeling the topic. I'm just don't feel I'm ready for it. Or I'm just not feeling it. Let's just, let's just talk. And we'll just just we'll just shoot the breeze for forty five minutes to an hour about just about anything that crosses our mind, uh, whether it's Star Wars or not. Um, and and it, it's we have that uh, flexibility with each other and the flexibility and 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 I think what also has made it so so made it, our relationship for this podcast work so well is we know we're doing it for fun. And we know that our families come first. Yes. So when something comes up, uh, we can, we, we have no problems, you know, you know what, let's put it on hold. Don't worry about it. Um, and, and take a, a, a unscheduled hiatus if necessary to, to, to take care of what's, in, what's truly important. And uh, I think we've we've had that mutual understanding from the beginning, and I think that's that's really benefited us uh, in this time. Do you have a fairly vocal community audience, and what kind of things do they bring to the table, if any? We have a very quiet audience. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was asking you, Greg. Um, <laughs> I see stuff periodically they'll respond and I see Aaron responds via our star Wars reactions, Twitter page. Um, people will comment periodically, but, um, you know, I, 
like I was just saying to you, I'd be more than happy to answer some questions for people about psychology even. Mm. And, you know, show me where you can get that for free. Where? Exactly. You have a mental health, you know, um, crisis in our country. Uh, we can't hire enough psychiatrists here. Um, my direct boss is Dr. Thomas. She's a psychiatrist. She, she and I were talking yesterday and, um, she put out a, you know, we want to hire psychiatrists. There's, there's none to be had from Illinois to here. And, um, you know, in terms of mental health and psychology and stuff, but I don't know, I, I get a sense from listening to other podcasts and I don't, I, I don't know that they get a lot of responses either, you know, um, or emails, people just, I don't think they're, they take the time to, to do an email and even text, but that's why I was asking you, but like Aaron said, I, I get virtually nothing, which is, you know, that's okay. It's interesting that there is so, you know, there's so much on it and to get a response, whether you're doing a Twitter post or an Instagram or, you know, getting someone to do a review or whatnot. Yeah, it, it is, you know, it is a very passive activity to listen to a podcast or, or all that. And it's amazing, you know, sometimes you'll you'll be surprised when you do get a rise out of a, a person or an audience. And sometimes, you know, you, you know, it'll just it'll come out of nowhere or it'll just be silent. And, you know, and especially I think if you look over the various, you know, if you look over your Twitter feed and I look over my Twitter feed, you see a lot of folks that you'll see these random tweets of going, people going, you probably really need to talk to somebody because uh, you are giving me signs that, you know, like, hey, I'm not qualified to talk to you about X, Y and Z. But it really sounds like you need some. And there's only so much that social is going to do for you that, yeah. you know, that you really need. And then, like I said, it doesn't it sounds mean to say you need professional help. But I'm like, no, we could all probably use someone to sit there and talk to. And even if yep. it's just a matter of someone listening, I think that's what's most important out there. Yeah, no, good point. I was watching the second Moon Knight episode and I watched it all the way to the end, looked at credits and saw um, that um, they, I think they posted for NAMI, National Association of Mental Illness, I think. I got to double check that. But I thought that was pretty cool because he does suffer from what used to be called multiple personality disorders, but now called dissociative identity disorder. I did cover that in one of my psychology corners a few, I don't know, a couple months back and stuff. But, uh, but no, you're, you're 100% correct that there's only so much you can do over an email or, or so on. And, and ultimately you just recommend people to, to talk to somebody, but um, I'm still actually quite surprised people don't throw a few questions out there, you know? Um, but again, I, you know, I, I honestly, like Aaron said, I, I want it to be fun. It's nice to share mm -hmm. some psychology. Most importantly to talk star Wars. I, I, I have to admit, I truly don't want to get bogged down in, responding to tons and tons and tons of emails or, or, or tweets or texts, you know, like that. So, yeah, it's sort of like, it's either going to be feast or famine. <laughs> yeah. 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 No doubt. Oh my goodness. Do you have, um, do you have plans or are there cons in your area? I don't know if you're, I lived in St. Pete for a time and I know like when you're down, you know, when you're in Florida, you're in Florida and it's yeah. really takes a long time to get out of Florida. Um, yes. so, you know, Going to cons, and I know that uh, St. Pete uh, Comic-Con was earlier this year. I missed it by like a week I was down there. Um, <laughs> but it seemed like there, there there's a little more traction in some of these Florida cons, and I think that has to be really a boon for you both because it's like, all right, you know, it's catch, you guys are finally catching up with us, and we can actually go out and see some people because it's kind of hard. Yeah. People don't get down your way that often. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, that's why these some of these cons are, are and they're spread out you know the, the next besides megacon um and tampa bay con you have there's the big con in miami that happens once a year but you know it's still it's miami it's that's a whole four and a half it's, yep. it's a all it's four and a half five hours away um or pensacola pensacola has a huge con uh once a year um and but still five, six hours the other direction. Actually, maybe I'll even a little more going up into the panhandle. Um, so, you know, if it's not in Tampa and it's not in Orlando, it's not on the radar, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, even though if it's in Tampa or Orlando, the traffic 
in those things <laughs> is just ungodly. But we, we, we try to, yeah, I, like I haven't been to Megacon in five years. Wow. So the, but Lakeland's really bit the, the central Florida one's really the only one I've been going to. Um, yeah. And now that's not to say if celebration ends up back down this way, I won't be there in a heartbeat. And then for you, what, what, what's the distance like from Ocala to Orlando? What is that? Uh, that's gotta be yeah. a bit of a clip. Yeah. Aaron is a little bit closer than me. I'm an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. Not... So I was down pretty quick, like, you know, and I'll meet Aaron there at galaxy's edge, you know, and we did that. Um, um, so yeah, I'd like to be a little bit closer at the same time. And again, I've talked to Aaron. I've lived in Tampa, uh, St. Pete. I think mm-hmm. I'm, I said that to you, Greg. And uh, my wife and I lived in St. Pete, Fourth uh, Street North, there, just across the oh, nice. Franklin. Yeah, and we lived there in '99, 2000. Uh, moved over to Orlando for a year or so, and then came here to Ocala in 2002. And 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 so we don't. You know, we've got traffic issues, but nothing like Tampa, St. Pete, uh, Orlando. So um, it's, it is actually kind of nice to be an hour and a half from Tampa, hour and a half from Orlando. Um, but at times I wish I was a little bit closer. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty convenient. I can buzz down pretty quick to the, you know, Disney property and hit all that stuff up. So, um yeah. Do you guys try to go, you know, how many times do, do you go like annually uh, X number of times a year or is, is Disney just sort of like a once in a blue moon back in the day? Yeah. Uh, it was a regular thing. Uh, back when, uh, back when I was covering for star Wars weekends, we had our annual passes. We, we kept our annual passes. I want to say back till, uh, Star Wars weekends ended in 15, I I said probably 18, 17 or 18 is when we got rid of our annual passes. Uh, And a lot of it had to do with my wife got tired of the crowds uh, (laughs) and everything, which, but now it's, and so we haven't had passes since. I did something similar. Yeah. We, we, because like Aaron said, we, my wife and I, we, we did the um, passes. It was the best way to go, buddy. And, you just go down, buzz down whenever you wanted. You didn't feel the pressure to be there all day, and um, you'd hit it up. And 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 my biggest thing was for to be able to go to Star Wars weekends as much as possible. And just like Aaron said, we we held them one more year. They you know loved seeing James Arnold Taylor with Star Wars weekends. Was hoping they would continue. They stopped it in '16, and then of course they had. Um, they said they were going to, you know, build a Star Wars land, and so that all ended. And so we stopped our passes after 16. And um, like Aaron said, I I remember reading an article. I think it was about a year ago, and it was put out by the Los Angeles Times, talking about Disneyland and the changes they've made there, as well as here in in Florida, and how that article, the the Los Angeles Times, was saying that because of COVID and what's happening, they, they were kind of predicting this, that it was going to be more and more, you'd have to, you know, make it more of an exclusive kind of thing to go to versus where a lot of people were able to go before. And the cost is going up so much on both coasts that it's, it's a lot. I remember in 2000 being in Orlando, just after we moved out of St. Pete, and my wife and I were watching West Channel 2, which is the Orlando NBC affiliate. And they said in 2000, not 2022, in 2000, they said the average American family of four, and they were interviewing this husband and wife in New Jersey that was flying down. Um, the average American family at that time had to save probably five to six years to do a trip like that. Wow. Flights, hotels, meals. That's why, you know, it was so nice, you know, back like Aaron was saying, I just buzzed down. I there's no hotels. I wasn't paying for it. Buzzed down, mm-hmm. come back, you know, and packed the lunch, gave it to Eli and Lena. We'd eat there in the park, spend time with Aaron, go get some autographs, you know, see James Arnold Taylor do his, you know, one man show and Obi Wan and Beyond and all that. 
in Buzz home and there was no plane flights, there was no um, hotel room, stuff like that. But it truly has, uh, you know, on the on, in Disneyland and Disney World, it's it's staggeringly expensive. So, which I think it also makes it nicer that maybe some of the local cons have gotten a little more traction because I think that provides, you know, that's almost like a surrogate experience. Whereas it, you know, it where it lacks in roller coasters, I think it does get, you know, like as you've been doing this more often, I'm, I'm assuming you're probably running into more folks that you have either met or known. And I think that's got to be making it a little little nicer as far as a get-together that doesn't cost you an arm and a leg or five or six years of salary. Oh, I love that you said that. Like going to Central Florida Comic Con with Aaron, that's been a lot of fun. And looking at comics, seeing the collectibles, uh, not overwhelmed. I, you know, Aaron and I did Celebration in 17 in Orlando, mm-hmm. didn't make 19. I did go to Anaheim in 2015, the last time it was there. Um, I was out there staying with friends and I went to two of the four days, but in 17, I did all four days. I said, I'm going to do this. I want to four days, but I found it incredibly tiring waiting in lines. Um, I mean, I'd like to do it again. I'd like to do celebration again. Like Aaron said, if it comes back here to the East coast to, and I think they're going to generally bop it back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll tell you, you know, in the Chicago one in 19, I was online at StarWars.com and and saw all the panels I wanted to see, and it was really nice, the coverage. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, but the smaller cons, you nailed it, buddy. It's just so fun to go walk around, and and, and you can see everything, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and I think you you have a point there as as we get closer to celebration and what in, in you know the schedules that come out and people are going to figure out what they want to do and you go you know what you know if it's a panel or something like that it may be better to catch it on youtube on uh-huh. some of these you know yes th- there's nothing that really kind of replaces replaces the in-person experience but in some cases you know just with so much stuff to do it's almost like um I- i've kind of sworn off like i'm not going to I do have a couple of tickets for Anaheim, you know, knock on wood, I get out there. But I'm like, I'm not going to spend hours waiting in line for a a Funko or a particular exclusive. I I don't want to spend that kind of time there. I'll catch the, you know, I'll catch a panel that I, that I may be interested in, but I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time. I want to bounce around and see people and, and interact and, and, you know, grab some pictures and interviews and whatnot. And, you know, I can catch those things on the, I can, I can, you know, I can catch those in the hotel that night or later on, I can catch up with what's going on and still feel like I got the gist of it. And of course, you know, if you, you know, if you follow Star Wars, Twitter, Instagram, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to know what's going on one way or the other, but yeah, oh, yeah, I can get just as much out of a library con than I can out of, out of some of this. And, you know, I think people will find and I think the parks also, you know, I think some of us going, you know what, people will figure out that, you know, when it gets to, when the pendulum swings too far to one direction, you know, people will go for what the best experience it is. And it used to be, especially if you lived in Florida, I know my sister had a Florida pass and, you know, bop over to Epcot or, or this. And mm-hmm. well, those experiences are not there. You know, they're, they're not in the way they were and people are going to find something else. And I think eventually, you know, either it's going to go all exclusive or someone's going to figure it out and create an experience or they're going to, uh, you know, reset it to where maybe people can. And you know, yeah. that, that's fine. The merch will always be there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hate to cut this, but I do have to run. That's fine. Just real quick online, Aaron, where can people find you online? All right. Well, the, for me, uh, it is, uh, the best place is Twitter, uh, at TA Harris 121079. Uh, or of course, uh, I also do the manage all the show accounts. So Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest at, uh, SW reactions or, uh, Twitter at SW reactions pod or email show at starwarsreactions.com. Excellent. Um, One, I thank you very much for allowing me to be on your show. 
And I appreciate you allowing you uh, coming on mine again and uh, talking a little bit. It has been a pleasure, my friend. It's always good to talk to you. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. Uh, David, uh, as we let Aaron go, I might ask uh, one or two more quick questions before we let you know. And like I said, I know you guys are an hour ahead, so um, I, I appreciate you staying up a little late with me tonight. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to kind of know about you know the cards you have been posting and where did you get them and did you like when you're talking about the sets did you complete them as a kid or did you have to go back later and get them i well no i you know you and i were talking i collected all those sets as a kid those are all originals i got them all in the 70s there like you mentioned 77 and 78 and and then like uh i'd mentioned to you the empire strikes back collected those um and then you helped me to understand. I'm like, why is it with Return of the Jedi? I've got, <laughs> I've got the red, right? I collected most of those. And then blue, I told you I had like four cards. And you helped me to understand by that time, that second set of Return of the Jedi was, I, I thought you made a really good point. You said, you know, David, th they might not even have been on the shelves for me to see. And uh, so, no, all the, the five original sets, uh, Collected them all as a kid. I had them all. I've had them all since then. Um, you helped me uh, finish off that second Empire Strikes. I had all of the first red Empire Strikes. Mm -hmm. First, second set, almost everything except the the ten cards you helped me get. Um, I still have to get on and, and eBay and, and try to get that third set. Um, <laughs> I had virtually none of those, and you helped me to say, "Hey, Dave, this is what 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 they are." And like I said, yeah, I collect, all of that was as a kid. All of it was as a kid. You know, when you and I, I'm 53. I was born in 1969. So I was eight, uh, what, eight, 11, and then 14. Went to Return of the Jedi opening night on 83. And and uh, so collected all those uh, when they were on store shelves. Oh, my goodness. Now, like for all those years, did you have them in a shoebox? Did you put them i don't think you would have put them in binders at that point but how did you keep them and still manage to have them after all this time yeah i you know i was i don't know what it was i was really good about um i had six million dollar man magazine like that's why i loved it when you <laughs> mentioned them when you and I'm, i was going to mention on the podcast when you posted those pictures of moonraker jaws 2 close encounters those were awesome pictures dude and oh by the way i remember putting six million dollar man stickers on the chest of drawers <laughs> like when you mentioned that you know that cracked me up when you said that i'm like i did that man but uh um i took care of my stuff really well i think i'm trying to remember you know with the star wars empire strikes back return of the jedi cards um, I must have had them probably in a in a shoebox, and then and again kept them dry, kept them in really good shape. I was really good about that with magazines, with you know cards, you know all that stuff. Just really, I was I kind of did it to the nines, you know. I mm -hmm. um, and I'm not sure why. I don't know. Um, did it with books too. As a clinical psychologist, I love my books and I love books, opening them up and smelling them. I love learning and all that, but, um, kept them, uh, really safe. And then, uh, and ultimately, like I, I, I was gonna show, like the binder that you were showing there, I got very similar, open it up and I got them all in a row in the plastic sleeves. And, and so what I did was when Aaron and I wanted to, course, you know, I, I loved all your thoughts on this why are we doing this whole thing of podcasting how long do we do this but he said you know we probably should do a social media campaign if we want to you know get a few more listeners and stuff again not i like what you said you know we're not viral there's nothing like that but um and so we came up with some different ideas like trading card tuesday moons and more monday and i guess what who's who wednesday um, you know, Friday fun facts. So I said to Aaron, I said, you know, cause he knew it. I, I said, I'll take a picture of all the cards again, not high quality. You, you know, that, right, and, right, right. You know, just took pictures, uh, took them out of the sleeves, took pictures, um, put them back in. And so I think I took pictures of obviously the first, you know, five sets. And then I did the, what, hundred and is it one thirty two of the first set of return of the Jedi or of empire empire. Is that right? Is it 132? Yeah, it's it's actually double of the 66. So 
It's 132. Okay. Uh, there uh, yes. Go. So I took all those, and so then he said, well, I'll set it on, on those days where we'll release four cards per day, and um, and it would last a while, and then I can do it with the second set of Empire and ultimately go from there. But So that's, that's where, you know, um, I just – it's one of the first times I took them out of the sleeves in years and just took a picture, put them back in and uh, sent them in a Google file. You know, Aaron set that up and then he just posts them. But uh, it's like you said, I love what you said. It's 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 kind of like, let's do it when we can. And there's other times where he's like, look, I got stuff with my parents coming into town. We've done exactly like you said, you know, record when we can. I do feel a pressure sometimes to do it weekly, but I'm like, I'm not being paid for this. You know? <laughs> You know, or you, you know, but if you started getting like, you know, endorsements at times, I was like, man, I'd like to get some of that or get some sponsors. It'd be nice. But I just don't know. There's so many, Greg, um, you know, really after 2015, the start of the sequels is when you saw all these podcasts really blow up. But uh, but yeah, so, yeah, I've had all those cards since they originally came out. Did you feel like when the sequels and so forth came out, did you notice cards showing up um, at, at Target and Walmart? And did you maybe feel the pull to grab a couple of sets or you just... I that? didn't. No, I saw them, you know. Uh, <laughs> a lot more sports though at Target and Walmart, more of the sports cards, you know. Um, but I didn't. I kind of had those original ones. and And I think, you know... Like talking to you, I was like looking back at my binder. I'm like, wait, I got to finish off this Empire Strikes Back series two, you know, and that was really good. And I'm like, well, wait, I do want to get series three and then and then finish up Return of the Jedi. I want to get, like you said, the five, six, seven, eight, the ten. I want to get that's really kind of my my goal, you know, is get those and uh, see how it goes. I just haven't had time. You know, my son finishes it's his senior year, so that's the been keeping us busy and. You know, it's, it's like I said, it's hard to record. Um, and I don't know if you were saying it uh, on one of your podcasts. Um, uh, well, I loved your interview with Mark Newbold, and I was actually going to reference it because you were talking about, because you'd asked Mark Newbold, like, about collecting, and I loved his response. He's like, I get all this stuff. I'm, he, he came over in March, right? He came here to mm -hmm. Orlando, went to Galaxy's Edge, and I saw a picture. He was at Epcot and different places. But I remember what he said to you on that podcast. He said, I bring it back. And my wife's like, look, you can put the stuff up here. But he says, I find like I put it someplace and then I look and then I'm like, then it's collecting dust, you know. Mm -hmm. And and like you said, like, I'd like these cards, but where do I put them? And we all have we've all like I've hit critical mass with all my Star Wars stuff. And most of it's from when I was a kid. You know, I have it. And my wife's been a good sport about it. Um but you you alluded to it tonight, and uh, um, you know I, it'd be nice to collect more stuff. But again, it's a space issue. Comics, you nailed it. Like, where do I put all this? You know, and um, unlike in the Midwest, like I grew up in Michigan. Of course, you and Dan are in Illinois. There's no basements in Florida. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's no basements, man. Uh, so, and that's probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing for me. And so, I don't know. I, I I really liked that you asked him that. And I loved his candidness about how it's exciting, but then it's like, where do you put it? You know, and so. And how much are you, you know, after a while, do you collect? And I think this would be something uh, that we might have to carry over to a separate discussion. Otherwise, we'll be, we'll be going for another three hours. But I think a collector's mentality. I think this is a bookmark we're going to have uh, and yeah. bring you back on uh, to talk about, you know, the, the, you know, why we, why we collect, why we think we collect. And then, you know, yeah. do you get to a point where you're just, you know, in some cases, if you're too busy, you're like, I just need to get something. And you could say this for shopping. I, I need to, I need to buy something, bring something, but then if I'm not opening it, you know, or I'm getting stuff, or why am I doing what I'm doing? Why is this behavior exactly. going along? Is, is Do I just need that hit, that endorphin rush of getting something, collecting, and then what am I going back to versus something that I'm not paying attention to or it's gathering dust? Did I really need to get it at all? Um, that would be 
something once again if we could get you professionally on the clock for (laughs) for a podcast i'd love to dive into that well and i've heard yeah and i think i i seem to remember dr letamendi she did a show on the coffee with kenobi network i don't know if you remember lattes with leia Mm -hmm. and that's and of course she was on arkham sessions before she did that and and she did a show with amy ratcliffe um, well, they, they did it for a couple of years, Lattes with Leia, but they did one on collecting. Um, I think it was there. Maybe she did it on Arkham Sessions, but she talked about this issue a bit. I need to look back and maybe revisit that and see what she had to say. But I do th- this. This conversation could go so deep, even beyond just psychology of why we do this. And like right now, what I've noticed, Greg, is. A lot of my clients, um, particularly during the pandemic, they would order so much stuff from Amazon and it was like the chemical pop, right? We call it that mm-hmm. that dopamine shot, you know, when the box arrives and they'd open the box. It has nothing to do with Star Wars. These are my clients who are, you know, a little bit old, maybe, you know, they're in their 60s, older than you and me, 70s, 80s, retired. And, and they open the box and it's kind of like, okay. Why did I order that? You know, and but it's the dopamine, right? We're always looking for the dopamine shot. And so yeah. whether, like I mentioned to you, is it alcohol? Is it gambling, that dopamine uh, shot? Is it pornography? Is it, you know, shopping? It's, you know, and, and I and just one other quick point and we can let you go. But I, I do, and I don't know about your wife, but when I, like in 2017, Greg, I was on the show floor there with Aaron. And, and I love what you said because Aaron and I really did what you said. We tried to hit a few panels, right? We hit the Rebels panel with Jason Brain. We had to go to that. Dave Filoni, the whole Rebels cast, we hit it. But we spent time on the show floor walking around with friends, right? And um, that, what I noticed was this, and I don't, you know, and this is, again, Star Wars Celebration at Orange County Convention Center. I saw couples, husbands and wives, they both had the Star Wars shirts on, they had the Star Wars backpacks, they might be a little bit younger than you and me, maybe 30s, 40s. And what I noticed was this, Greg. And I thought, hmm, here's where it gets dangerous. They both love Star Wars. Neither one is saying no. Mm. What they want to buy. Okay. And now they leave and now they've spent several thousand dollars that they didn't have. Now, my wife's not into Star Wars. She tolerates it. She's a good sport about it. She knows how much I love it. She supports me in the podcasting, but it's not her thing. So that's a good thing, I think. I don't know if your wife is into Star Wars. Maybe she likes it. Maybe she doesn't care about it, you know. I mean, you know, or she knows you enjoy it, so she likes it, you know. Right, if, right. If I'm happy, I like it, you know. Um, I find the same thing for my wife. Things that she likes, I'm not into it, but it makes her happy. So then I like those things a bit. I'm not that interested in them, but they make my wife happy. You know, all right, great. But um, so there's that, too. So, yeah, in terms of buying stuff and and collecting and what does it mean oh my god it gets so deep psychologically <laughs> from a spiritual perspective what does it mean so yeah i mean we could do five six hours on it probably uh i'm gonna i'm gonna hold you to that david it, it's a topic that it's you know when you're looking at it and a lot of times you kind of have those come to you know come to you know what moments with yourself mm-hmm. and your collection and mm-hmm. i think over time even you have to evolve of like, what do you collect? Why do you collect? And it's not bad to have those conversations. And I do think uh, we should give some breath to that um, at a time and, and uh, hit, hit some of those because that's a, those are very interesting topics. Well, um, let me let me throw something at you, too. I told you I'm 53 and my clientele are in their 60s, 70s and 80s. Some in their 90s. They're retired. These people did not buy Star Wars stuff. They didn't buy Star Trek stuff. They didn't buy Battlestar. They didn't buy King Kong or Jaws. They, they didn't buy action figures. Mm-hmm. They didn't, these people scrimped and scrammed. They saved and saved and saved. And, you know, my wife is a social worker. I'm a clinical psychologist. And she works for hospice in Marion County. And um, so here's something that, again, as a Star Wars fan, and this is why I love talking to you, here's something that's been in my head is – and my wife said it. She goes, David, we cannot afford to grow old. Can't afford it. And that that's a tough one to hear, buddy. And like I think about your mom, I think about my mom up in Michigan. 
do they have enough to retire on that kind of money? Um, can you do it? How long will you and your wife live me and my wife? And I do think about the money I've put towards star Wars. And sometimes I'm like, you know, and I haven't been crazy, you know, but I sometimes think I need that in a retirement account because who's <laughs> pay for that when I retire, right? People at Lucasfilm aren't going to do that for me, right? They're not. And so this is where it gets a little, and this is where it can get kind of dicey, buddy, because you talk, right, you had asked Aaron and I the question earlier about, you know, uh, do you criticize Star Wars stuff or not? Do you criticize shows or not? Do, you, do we want Lucasfilm to say yes to us? Do we want them to like us or not? But these are some of the questions that I don't know if you and your wife have talked about, but I'm really thinking about this now because I'm not in my 20s, 30s, 40s anymore and I'm moving closer to, I would think, theoretically retirement, and I need all the money I can get. So that is a push-pull for me right now. I don't know, you know, I don't know. It's just the reality of it. it might, the reality is hitting me, right? And again, this is why you were asking this. This Should we be doing this? Because here's a, here's a statement that has nothing to do with Star Wars, but it does. What's the old saying, Greg? As soon as you get that paycheck, every company in America wants to separate you from it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and, and so that's where, like, I want all of us to have fun with Star Wars stuff. And this is where I've struggled at times, right? Doing a podcast. Now, I notice most of the time on my podcast with Aaron, we're just talking about the shows. But I just... No, I think these are I think these are important topics that I think, you know, in addition to all the stuff that we listen to, all the stuff that is out, I think there's never been more stuff out than there is now. And I think coming out of COVID, and like I said, I think we can we can bookmark this for another day, but I do think the discussion is out there that goes, you know, you know, priorities of money, priorities of time and attention. But also yeah. checking yourself because, you know, I think we're moving into a Disney Plus realm of of collectibles and collecting going, you know what, there's a nonstop spigot of this. Yes. And it may be going back to going, you know, you some of this, if you figure it out for yourselves, you may go, I'm going to naturally sift out what is important to me and what is not, and yeah. also figure out where I'm going to budget not only my time and my attention but my devotion to and go look and let the rest of this stuff fall off it's fine i've I've collected it i've enjoyed putting it together i don't have to i i can you know what i'll be buried with whether it's in the in the in the casket or the urn um there's only so much i can take with me uh and that's almost zero so you know as we come up and as as our age group of you know of our generation goes this will be an interesting period uh, we will grow into as far as collectors going, all right, now what? Everybody has a Rancho Obi-Wan in their house. Now what? And Oh, I love that. I love that you said that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put this as a cliffhanger because I know I got I gotta roll. Um and yeah. so and so do you. But this is a this is a, this is a cliffhanger, folks. This is gonna be a part one of two. Um we we've had uh, or or three if you count the reactions podcast you're listening to listen to before. Um but I do think that this is something and I and if you if you are game and it sounds like you might be that this is a really nice topic to take and it's really probably the time that we that we address this and uh you know what happens next in our not only our fandom but our collecting fandom. Um however uh, before we go, before I let you go, David, where can people find you online? Maybe not to inundate you with tons of questions, but uh, I have a feeling that you'd be open to a question or two. Where can they find you? Absolutely. Uh, the three places are, you know, Twitter, Instagram, and our email address. Um, so Twitter is at David underscore Modders, M-O-D-D-E-R-S. Uh, Instagram is simply my name. I don't do a ton there, but I do some. I do a little bit. Um, and then uh, the other one is email, and it is david at starwarsreactions.com. Excellent, excellent. Uh, david, I want to say to you and to Aaron, thank you very much for having me on the Reactions podcast, and I do hope you guys, uh, folks get a chance to listen to that. Um, thank you very much for sticking on. Afterwards, this is sort of like the Reactions after show, after show. Um, and like I said, an open invitation will come back. We'll schedule this and uh, take take a little bit of a deep dive. I got a feeling... Um, 
you know, I got a feeling we'll, uh, we'll maybe put out and get some maybe some questions as well that maybe some folks will have uh, so we can maybe address some. Um, I'll, I'll put out the word on it. And uh, once again, thank you so much. And uh, it's been wonderful to get a chance to uh, talk to you a little more tonight. Absolutely. Can I offer you a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative? Once again, my thanks to Aaron and David for being on the program tonight. It was a pleasure to get a chance to talk with them and you know lay some tape for this. Uh, I loved being on Reactions. It was really fun. And um, you know, in going back over this conversation, there was a lot in this I thought that uh, you would enjoy. And uh, I appreciate it. If you had a chance to listen to it, and of course there's any feedback, you can always you know, reach out and uh, at the different methods. And I'm going to let Card Squadron talk about that a little bit. But uh, if you have any comments or feedback, I'd love to hear it. And also, if you have a chance, check out the Reactions podcast. I know we have Andor coming up, and I'm sure they're going to have some great shows, and I can't wait to listen to it as well. All right. Like I said, I'm going to let Card Squadron take it out, and we'll talk again soon. The Rebel Base Card podcast focuses on cards, collecting, and the Star Wars community, and appreciates you coming along for the ride. If you have any feedback for this episode, you can reach out to the program in a number of ways. You can leave a comment on the Instagram post for this episode. You can also DM Greg on Instagram at Rebel Base Card. Make sure to also follow the Rebel Base Card on Twitter and Facebook at Rebel Base Card. If you want, you can send an email to greg at rebelbasecard.com. And you can find show notes for this and all episodes on the website, rebelbasecard.com. In the Star Wars Card Trader app, and just about every other one, you can find Greg at CornFedTech. The Rebel Base Card uses the hashtag CardSquadron as a way to alert friends about cool cards and recent drops in the galaxy far, far away. It's a great way to bring our community a little bit closer together and help one another finish our sets in time. We collect, communicate, and commiserate. Well, at least when we run out of credits or crystals to spend on our digital collections. Join the fun, even if all the other cool squadron names were already taken. And remember, we collect as one and would be honored if you join us. And if you are a sketch card artist or Star Wars artist or collector, cosplayer, and want to talk about your work, your craft or passion, drop Greg a line. I'm sure he'd love to hear your story. You can also help the show by leaving a comment or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you got this episode. Otherwise, the mission is clear. Keep those cards out of the hands of the Empire, and the Rebel Base card will return soon. The music for this podcast is brought to you under a Creative Commons license from Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. This is Discipline off the album The Slip. This podcast is not affiliated in any way with Topps, Disney, or Star Wars, nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds, and any other related items, are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com.